Hello, everybody. Welcome to Certainly Sinister. Shania and Kayla here. Hi, guys. I am back. Sorry for the couple week break, you know. Life got a little crazy on my end. Yeah, but you got kids. It's understandable. It happens. Here I am, and we've got a bunch of good cases coming your way. Yeah, and uh, just like we were out without Kayla the last couple cases, now we're without Sam. Yeah, so Sam is you, not here. You but. won't hear from Sam for about a month since we're about to record about a month's worth of cases. <laughs> No, about two. Uh, are you, is yours not two-parter? I don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, okay. Well, you might hear from Sam sooner, but you will regardless because here coming up in what, is it two weeks now? Our live event? It's next, it's not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday. December 11th, make sure you this, tune well, in. When this comes out, it'll be, uh, this ne- the next Saturday, so. Yeah, so make sure you tune in on December 11th. We are doing our live event on Facebook. Yeah, we're doing it at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, yes. Yeah, because Sam gets off at 8, so she'll be able to get here by then. So we'll start it at 9 o'clock. I'm excited. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. So what's up with you, Kayla? I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, nothing really new on my end. Just working and kids, school. Yeah, how was Thanksgiving? I had a good Thanksgiving. That's good. That's good. Yeah, we ate twice that day, and I probably gained about 20 pounds, you know. No, Uh I definitely feel that. We went to my mom's, and then we went to Madison's, and it was just a lot of food. But it was all so good. Yeah, I ate a couple pies. Oh, no, I didn't eat a couple pies. I only have one pie. (laughs) All right, what's your case on today? All right, Kayla, I'm doing the case of Jennifer Dulos. Um, This is a missing persons case, which I told myself I'd never do because I hate when a story doesn't have an ending. I love missing person cases. I, I mean, I, it's, I just, I don't know. It raises awareness for them. That's true. That's very true. Like, but I get they it give doesn't... me really bad anxiety. I hate thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. I hate it. It makes me really sad, but... Um, I don't know. I found this case pretty interesting, so I thought, why the heck not? All right. So with that, I guess we'll um, we're gonna pause another moment because I'm having another microphone issue. Elevator music. All right, we are back and uh, situated. So, anyway, back to my case. I'm doing the case of Jennifer DeLose, um, who went missing in 2019, I believe. All right, so let's start in when uh, Jennifer was born. Jennifer DeLose was born Jennifer Farber on September 27th, 1968, to parents Gloria and Hillard in New York City. Uh, Jennifer was actually the niece of Liz Claiborne. Fun fact. Claiborne. Hold on. Rejog my memory. Liz She's Claiborne, uh, like she, like a clothes designer. There, she is. I, I mean, I've seen her stuff in like Macy's okay. and stuff like okay. that. Yeah. Um, Jennifer graduated from Brown University in 1990 and later uh, earned her master's degree from New York University. Um, 
Tisch School of the Arts. Oh I my gosh, I used to want to go there so bad. Oh, okay. that's the school is, I wanted to go to. Is yeah. that how you say it? Is Tisch? Tisch, yeah. Okay, I thought yep. so. I didn't didn't want to mispronounce it. So dang, she she was getting it. Yeah, absolutely, she was. Um, so. Uh, her job was she was a stay-at-home mother, but she was also earning wages by being a writer for Patch.com, which was like a local news and information platform. Uh, Jennifer met her husband, his name is Fotis Dulos, in college in 1987. They didn't really like connect until 2003. So he, oh, they wow. like, she, uh, hold on, let me see. Fotis was actually married to his first wife while, when they started talking again in okay. 2003. Um, but yeah, it just goes from there. Now let's talk about Fotis. Fotis Dulos was born in, on August 6, 1967, in Turkey and grew up in Athens, Greece. Wow. Yeah. He moved to the U.S. in 1986 for college. He also went to Brown University, as I said before. That's where they met. And uh, later graduated with an MBA in finance from Columbia Business School. In June 2003, Fotis married... That's not correct. Uno momento. Yes, sorry, I was incorrect. I wrote 2003. It's supposed to be June 2000. So in June 2000, Fotis married his first wife, Hillary Aldama, also a graduate from Brown University. And then in 2003, Fotis reached out to Jennifer whilst still married to Hillary, but they began emailing and sparked up a relationship, which isn't appropriate if you ask me because you know he was married. But then in July of 2004, Fotis and Hillary divorced, and then he married Jennifer just over a month later on August 28, 2004. I would have been pissed if I was his ex-wife. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. And then they moved to Farmington, Connecticut. The two had five children together, all named after uh, Greek Orthodox saints, and but uh, this also included two sets of twins, so they weren't just. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, two so. sets of twins. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Um. I wrote down the children's names, but the kids are still under eighteen. Yeah. So I don't know if it's appropriate for me to be putting their names out there. It's on Wikipedia, but <laughs> I don't want to tell you. I just I'm just gonna say that this is after uh, Orthodox Saint. Greek Orthodox saints can't speak today. You should have heard me on my. Uh, one oh, episode. I did. Oh, it was bad. I, I could not speak at all. <laughs> but they had three boys and two girls. So, along with writing for Patch.com, Jennifer also ran her own blog, um, which she was very active on. It was almost like a journal for her. Um, but she first started documenting troubles in her marriage on the blog in 2012. She wrote a blog post that said, I wear, I, here we go again. It's okay, just slow down. 
I wish I were a strong person, and the confrontation did not both scare and appall me. She then goes on to say that the idea of living as a monk was attractive to her. They are so very lucky, monks. They are the same gender. They don't have to worry about the misunderstandings that could arise in the opposite sex relationships. And as a monk, it would be just you, your single bed, and an overrun prayer time. She also says that she would have been happy to wear a brown and scratchy sack, wake up early, take a vow of silence, and slowly pace the narrow halls in honor of the Lord. But then she... She then goes on to write the biggest con of that plan, though. But then I'd have to be without my babies. Aww. I know. She... She also expresses a loneliness and yearning for high school and post-college life that she had in New York City. She hints the feeling of emptiness that is in her life. So she was just feeling, like, lonely and... You said, well, I mean, crap, she's a stay-at-home mom, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's doing everything online. Yeah, that would be lonely. Yeah. A friend of Jennifer's once quoted... She seemed to be withdrawn when Fotis was around and became quieter. I think she chose to remain behind him in the background instead of standing beside him. Wow. Yeah. That just, that like, that like speaks volumes. Yeah, like, that just really, it's a large statement. So, Fotis was a competitive water skier and was gone an average maybe like 10 days a month, which, if you think about it, that's not a ton. I mean, it's still a lot, but it's the same When you time. have five kids... That's true. When you have five kids and you're home by yourself, any kind of... That, that would... Yeah, that's that true. would, that would be... I'm pretty like sure it. they had, like, nannies and stuff like that, because they had money. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, they had good money. Um, but Jennifer did state that the family's entire lives seemed to revolve around his sport. Like, it was just always... Gotcha. That. But when he was home... The separation from the family wasn't entirely gone. He spent a lot of time working in his home office, which was, get this, it was a wing of the house that was 2,500 feet, or square feet. That's bigger than my house. (laughs) Just his office? Yes, just his office. Um, He owned a uh, real estate development company, so he built luxury houses. Uh, It was called Four Group. Wow, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Fotis later did tell the courts that Jennifer was an introvert. She always was up in her studio and had absolutely nothing to do with the kids. But everything that Jennifer did as a wife and mother proved that statement to be wrong. She was always with her children. Who said this, Fotis? Yes. So, I got a bad feeling about my boy Fotis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry to... Oh, no. We'll see. (laughs) Um... So, Jennifer ended up filing for divorce on June 20th, uh, 2017. They were together for about 13 years. It was a little under. But in that same month, she started renting a new home in New New Cannon, I think is how you say it, uh, Connecticut. It was about 70 miles away from their home in Farmington. Um, She moved her and the five children's children's children to that new house. Uh, In her divorce documents, Jennifer stated, 
I am scared of my husband. I know that filing for a divorce and filing this motion will enrage him. I know he will retaliate by trying to harm me in some way. She had also said that she believed that he was having an affair and which later on we did find out that he, it's not that she actually believed it he was having an affair and he straight up was trying to move his mistress into the house while they were living there oh my god and his mistress and her daughter yeah isn't that fucked up imagine if brad was like sleeping with someone else like hey i'm gonna move her in you cool no uh, <laughs> no <laughs> Oh, that pisses me off so bad. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this woman, her name was Michelle Taconis, Traconis or something like that. Uh, Jennifer alleged that Fotis threatened to kidnap the children if she did not agree to any of the terms of the divorce that he had set out for her. And she was also scared because he had bought, bought a gun earlier that year. Uh, but Fotis de denied making all these claims, obviously, as he would. And he said that he bought the gun for the safety of the house. Which I guess that makes a little sense, but... I don't believe him. <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Both parents filed numerous notions claiming that the other was uh, disparaging the, the other. So, like, they were just fighting back and forth, like... Oh, well, she threatened me, or he threatened me, so on and so forth. But despite uh, Jennifer requesting emergency custody, the two were given temporary joint custody uh, of their children until the divorce proceedings were completed. But then, a few months later, Jennifer... Uh, this was in 2018. Jennifer filed for another emergency custody order. And the judge found that Fotis was breaking numerous court orders, such as exposing the children to his new girlfriend, which was not supposed to happen. But I also tried to find what else he was doing, but I couldn't find anything. Oh, really? I looked it up. I was like, what was he defying? What was he doing? Huh. What were you doing, Fotis? <laughs> <laughs> triggered <laughs> in march 2018 jennifer was awarded sole custody of the children nice there you go yeah fotis was granted supervised visitation and uh monitored phone calls may 24th 2019 was the last day that jennifer would be seen alive um she took her children to school which was right down the road uh, she left at 7.58. There was, a, like, a ring doorbell type thing on her neighbor, so they saw the vehicle mm -hmm. leave and come back. She left at 7.58 a.m., um, and her car was seen coming back at 8.05. So... Not very long at all. Very quick trip. Just dropping the kids off and coming back. So, and then again, at 10.25 a.m., Jennifer's vehicle was seen... Oh, do you see my lady bugs? Sorry to interrupt. There's this Kayla staring at the ladybugs on my ceiling because we have a ladybug infestation, unfortunately. Um, but again, at 
10.25 a.m., Jennifer's Suburban was again captured on the neighbor's camera, leaving the home. But this time, police say it was not her driving the vehicle. It was not her? No. Did they say who it was? No. But it's believed not to... They couldn't see on the camera, but it's believed that it was not her huh. driving the vehicle. I don't like that. Yeah. Jennifer's vehicle was later found in a nearby park, according to officials. They say that less than 100 feet away from this park, Fotis had parked a big red truck that he had driven there from Farmington. The park and the truck were only about three miles away from Jennifer's home. But they, they found their, her car at like 7 o'clock that night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so 1025 was when they left. At 1130 a.m., the family's babysitter arrived at the new Canaan house. She went through the garage and noticed Jennifer's vehicle was missing, but she expected this because Jennifer actually had a couple appointments that day. Um, however, when the babysitter went into the house, she noticed that something was a little off. Uh, Jennifer's purse was on the floor. There was an unopened granola bar sitting on the counter and a mug of tea. So all of this just sitting there. Um, she also went to grab some paper towels to refill the paper towel holder. I'm assuming she does a lot of household stuff, not just being a babysitter. Yeah. Uh, so she went to go grab some paper towels and she noticed that there was only two rolls of paper towels left when she had just stocked the paper towel cabinet that night with 12 rolls of paper towels. She said, I sat there wondering what had happened last night that they had to use 10 rolls of paper towels. Yeah, that's alarming. Yeah. So she had then texted Jennifer at 11.45 uh, with no response. And then two more times throughout the day with no response. So she ended up getting the children from school and everything. And, you know, she was just alarmed that she hadn't heard from Jennifer at all all day. And it's not like her. So at 4 p.m., she called Jennifer and it went straight to voicemail. She said, I immediate, my, immediately my stomach sank and I had a feeling something was very wrong. In almost seven years that I have worked for her, Jennifer has never had a hard time. I have never had a hard time reaching her and never had an issue with her phone being off. But soon it was apparent that nobody could reach her and the police were contacted. Police said that the report uh, that she was missing came in around seven that night. <sighs> she had to flick a ladybug off <laughs> When police entered Jennifer's home, they and when they began to investigate, they located blood splatter in the garage on the garage floor, like little bits, and uh, on the Range Rover that was parked in there. Oh no! But it was also very apparent that somebody tried to clean it up with ten rolls of paper towels. Yeah, apparently. Um. <clears throat> in the meantime. Police said that Fotis phone records showed that he was on the move. He was fucking booking. Oh, no. Uh, surveillance cameras show video footage of the truck registered to his company 
along uh, Albany Avenue, which is not far from Jennifer's home, I'm assuming. I don't really know Connecticut very well, sorry, from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the footage shows that somebody believed to be Fotis throwing different bags of trash in multiple cans throughout the road. So you know how when you're driving down like a road and you see multiple trash cans? Trash bags? Trash cans. Like like if you're driving down, like let's say you're in Cincinnati, there's trash cans along the sidewalk, oh, right? Oh, yeah. So he's stopping at each one and throwing trash in Oh, them, no. Like trash bags Oh, God. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and he wasn't alone. A female was with him. So, Fotis w was arrested about a week later, along with his girlfriend, who was believed to be the one in the vehicle with him. And they were charged with uh, tampering with evidence because they went through the trash cans and found... Uh, what is it? Let's see. Here. I'm just going to read it all straight. So seven months after the disappearance, Fotis was charged with uh, Jennifer's murder. But we're not going to learn more about that until later on. That's just what I wrote. And okay. it just correlates with my story better. So the evidence that they had. All of the FUD... All of the FUD... All of the blood <laughs> found... In the garage was a match to Jennifer's DNA. However, there was one blood-like stain on the faucet in the kitchen that was a mix of Fotis's and Jennifer's. So she fought back. Good. Good for her. Um, the surveillance footage shows the company truck and a man who is believed to be Fotis, along with a woman who is believed to be Michelle, stuffing trash in multiple cans and a box down a storage dra storm drain. Like, on the sidewalk, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was shoving a box down there. So, police located the box um, that contained two license plates in it and that had been taped off to look like they had a different number on them. So, like, does that make sense? Um, so, he had the license plate, and then he took tape, and instead of it being, like, a... Oh, he taped it to look like a Q. He put a piece of tape okay. on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you would mess yeah, with your why? report card. So just so like him driving doesn't look. It doesn't look like his vehicle. Oh, I guess. Oh, okay. But so they, he was trying to be smart, but realistically, he, yeah, he's he, not. He's fucking stupid. Yeah. Just stuffing down the storage drain. Uh, they also retrieved the trash from the multiple cans and found woman's clothing a kitchen sponge, and zip ties all covered in blood that eventually came back to match Jennifer's. When police searched Votis's home in Farmington, they found handwritten alibi notes. So, he and Michelle had wrote out these notes saying what the fuck they did for the day. And the next day... And they matched Michelle's story to a fucking T. So she rehearsed these to tell them, like, this is what we did. I saw him this morning. Oh we had God. sex that morning. So I remember. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> They're fucking stupid. They, yeah. they tried so hard to seem smart, but clearly. Yeah. So weeks went by and there was still no sign of Jennifer. 
and Fotis was released on Bond, and he even did an interview with NBC claiming his innocence. I watched it. I was like... Are you serious? Yeah. He was like, you know, I understand why people why people are looking at me, because 99% of the time, it is the husband. But I am that 1%. No, he, he didn't. He fucking said that. I was like, what? <laughs> he <laughs> did he's, not. He's so stupid. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh my god. Fuck you, focus. I'm so annoyed right now. I know. I am the 1%. Like, oh I my god. 1%. <laughs> I have no idea what happened to Jennifer. I uh, think I know what happened to her, but I'm not going to tell anyone. He said he that? Said that. I mean, he either said that in the interview or he said that's police. But, yeah, it's... So, in September, that happened in uh, June, right? Yes. So, in September, Fotis was arrested on tampering with evidence again. Um, at this time, Michelle was changing her story, telling police that she actually didn't know where Fotis was that morning. So, the morning of the murder. So, like, before she was like, oh, we were together all morning. But now she's like, no, actually, I don't know where he was. And later on in the day, he even took the truck to get washed and detailed. Will they do break up or something? No. he's. She's just now, like... I think she's getting nervous at this point. Okay. Um, so, she even told the investigators that, like, them throwing... When they were saw the surveillance of him throwing stuff away, she even told them, like, yeah, that was us. I was in the car with him. That was me. <laughs> yeah, so... She was eventually charged with tampering with evidence and everything, you know what I mean? Did she say what they were throwing away? Uh, I, I don't know if she, like, 100% knows. Okay. Because, like, I don't even know if she was there. I don't know. You know what I mean? She told investigators that Fotis took the truck that day to get washed and detailed. Investigators asked her why, and she said, well, obviously, all the evidence says because... You showed me the picture of the blood in the door. It's because the body of Jennifer was at some point in there. She said that. Yeah, because uh, it's uh, she's like, <laughs> well, you guys obviously know at some point the body of Jennifer had to be in there. So she's even pointing fingers at him now. She's like, I didn't have anything to do with it, but I'm pretty positive he did it. Oh, wow. I mean, a little late on it, but at least she... Yeah. So, the friend that he had detailed the truck, uh, Fotis demanded that he get rid of the seats and get new ones of the truck. Did he? Uh, I, I don't know. You might want to come a little closer to the mic. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> she was leaning back in the chair. It's fine. Um, so, police say the evidence shows that Fotis attacked Jennifer and restrained her with zip ties while in the garage. Um, so, on January 7th, 2020, this was seven months after the disappearance, uh, police arrested Fotis Dulos again. This time, they believed they had enough evidence to charge him with the murder and felony with murder, felony murder, kidnapping, and the death of Je and disappearance of Jennifer Dulos. Um, his lawyer was very much like, "You guys don't have shit. 
Like, this is all fucking circumstantial. It's n- typical lawyer. No typical lawyer, yeah. Yeah. So, friends and family said, although we are relieved that the wait for these charges are over, for us, there is no sense of closure. Nothing can bring Jennifer back. We miss her every day and will forever mourn her loss. So, Fotis's lawyer, that's, he says, if this is what the state has, we wonder why they even bothered. <laughs> yeah. So, I bet that's who, who told him to do that freaking interview and say that. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sure. the 1%. Oh, I'm sure. His lawyer is a fucking asshole. You should watch the video. I'm like, okay. Um... Why bother probably because there's five fucking kids that had a mother because of what... Yeah, exactly. You're freaking... Well, they literally <sighs> lost both parents right. at this point. Because, like, he's he's going to jail. That's horrible. And they're not going to give the kids back. That's just not... That's horrible. Um, so, they ended up letting him out on bond again. So, he was on house arrest. And on bond, because he had a lot of fucking money, so... I was about to say, a freaking murderer on house arrest? Yeah, what? he was on house arrest and everything. Um, so another thing the prosecutors said Dulo, uh, Dulos did is he stopped at a memorial. Like, they had, like, a little memorial site for her with, like, a ribbon up. He fucking took shit from it. You're kidding. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like a fucking dick. <sighs> So, Michelle was charged with tampering of evidence uh, when she admitted that she helped Fotis throw away the trash and so on and so forth. And a third arrest was also made of a friend and former former lawyer of Fotis. His name was Kit, Kent Mahoney? Mahoney? I don't know. So, his name had actually appeared in the handwritten notes of the alibis. So, they were going to use him as an alibi so he was he was gonna lie for him so they arrested him good for them yeah um so this is a quote from michelle as a mother i am saddened for the loss that these five children have suffered being left without both parents in such a short uh period of time but despite the way i have been treated by police I know nothing about Jennifer Dulo's whereabouts or what may have happened to her. So, this woman's throwing out different fucking stories here. I'm gonna say, okay, I'm confused. I mean, she. I think she knows something. I she has to know something. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. So. Uh, she was kind of honest up until. I mean, yeah, but, and then she goes on to say whether or not Fotis Dulos was capable of doing the things police and prosecutors accused him of doing, I do not know. But based on what I have learned in the past year, I think it was a mistake to trust him. Huh. Yeah, so I mean... See, different vibes, but maybe she really doesn't know anything. But yeah, okay, so... On June 28th... I'm sorry, not June. January 28th, 2020, uh, Fotis was on house arrest, but uh, he was due to show up to court for an emergency bond hearing, right? Uh, He didn't show up. Fucking idiot. Didn't show up. So police are obviously at his door. Like, you have to be in court now. Um, 
so they show up to his house in Farmington and found him sitting in his vehicle. Uh, and it has appeared that he attempted to end his own life. No. Yeah. By carbon monoxide poisoning. Fotis left a note uh, still claiming his innocence. And it read. I have the whole note written. Oh, I wrote God. it. Okay. If you are reading this, I am no more. I refuse to spend another hour more in jail for something I had nothing to do with. Enough is enough. If it takes my head to end this, so be it. I want it to be known that Michelle Traconic had nothing to do with Jennifer's disappearance, and neither did Kent Mahoney. I ask the state let them be free of any such accusations. I also ask the state to stop harassing my friends. Redacted and redacted. It didn't give me their names. They are honorable people. So apparently his friends were also being harassed. Please let my children know that I love them. I would do anything to be with them. But unfortunately, we all have our limits. The state will not rest until I rot in jail. My attorney can explain what happened with the bags on Albany. Everything else in the story is fabricated by law enforcement. And I want to thank my friends and family that stood by me in this difficult time. I am sorry for letting you down and not continuing to fight. Signed, Fotis. Fotis died two days later on January 30th, 2020. No. In the hospital. Yep. Jennifer oh. still has not been found, but her mother has custody of the five children. I'm so pissed off right now. Yeah, fucking took the coward's way out. He now I'm so pissed off. I'm so pissed off at like, okay, so there's all these questions that are never going to get answered yep. now. So what does lawyer say? Did his lawyer say anything? Um, not that I'm aware of. I couldn't find anything. Ah, uh, pisses me off. Yep. <sighs> God. Those poor kids. Yeah, no fucking kidding. Fucking coward. Man. Well, that freaking sucked. Thanks. You're welcome. Best story of the day. <laughs> so, yeah. That um, is the story of the disappearance of Jennifer Dulos, who still has not been found. We're hoping she's found eventually. I mean, it'd be nice if she was found alive. But right, or yeah, if somebody got some answers or something. Yeah, but the evidence is kind of pointing towards that not being the case. Well, damn. Okay, I think Shania. You're welcome. How do you feel? I'm bummed. You're bummed? I'm bummed, yeah. You know, I at least wanted to hear that he was rotten in freaking prison and some kind of justice was served, but no. No, he didn't want to rot in prison. Even so, he had fucking money, so I guarantee you... It, it wouldn't have been the justice we were hoping for. Listen, our justice was. system always serves us well. Just look at Brock Turner. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Yeah, it's fucked up. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. I'm sorry that was such a bummer. Listen... You come to a true crime podcast. You're right. You're right. Not to get burned out. You want it all to be butterflies and rainbows. Pretty much. Anytime I'm researching a case, I'm just like, oh, I just think it's gonna be too much. It's gonna be too heavy. And Shania's just like, 
what do you mean? It's true crime. This shit really happened. Of course it's going to be too much and too yeah, heavy. Yeah, exactly. Unless you want to talk about the fucking Loveland Frogman again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. My boss keeps talking about that. Do they listen? <laughs> no, I mean, I have some coworkers that listen and stuff. Hi, Miranda. Here's your shout out. Um, but I don't know if Bo listens. I don't think so. Fun. Yeah, fun. so we talked about that because then we started talking about like this, uh, this other. What? I'm just pissed they shot the iguana. Huh? They shot the iguana. What iguana? Did you not listen to the episode? I did, but I forgot. So they thought that, uh, they saw this frogman, but they ended up being an iguana and they shot the iguana oh. because they thought it was the frogman. That big of an iguana? That's, yeah, that's In Loveland? Yeah. That's what I said. Uh, that was... Thank you! I wish you were here when I did that case. Sam was just like, yep, it was an iguana! She believed it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam's like, Sam's very skeptical, okay? <laughs> Not appreciated of the skeptic Sam. That's funny. I don't think she's gonna listen. She never listens. Sam doesn't listen. I listen if my voice is not in it. I think my voice sounds like dog shit. Buddy, so. I have to listen to every single episode. How do you I think know, I feel? I know, but you can also just kind of mute it out, you know? I feel like I, my no, voice... I can't, because I have to see what I have to edit out. Yeah, you're right. So, and... You're making noises. <laughs> oh, man. Fun. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in to my uh, bummer of a case. And I promise I'm not going to do another um, missing person case for a while because those things, they bum me out. They bum me out really. They're all, I mean, like you said, they're all bummers, whether someone's getting freaking murdered by their wife. That is very or... true. But at the end of the day, I want to, not necessarily a happy ending, but I want closure. Right, that's true. I don't have But yeah, so follow us on our socials. Yeah. Send um, us an email. Certainly Sinister on Instagram and Facebook. Certainly Sinister Podcast at gmail.com. And we have a Twitter. Do we? Yeah. Oh. oh. I'm we? so sorry. Sam's made fun of me the past two episodes because I mentioned our Twitter. She's like, nobody gets on Twitter, Shania. But I made a Twitter and we have three followers. It's me, <laughs> Sam, and Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I love, I love that. <laughs> Thank you for following us. We love you. Please shoot us some case suggestions. I would love yes. to do something that you guys, guys want to hear. If you are listening, if you are have made it to this point in the podcast, send us an email with some spooky stories that has actually happened to you. Because eventually, I want to do a listener story episode. I think that would be so much fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. Right? I'm We're crazy. here for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much. We service you. That's not <laughs> inappropriate. That's, that's great. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank Bye. you for listening. Until next time. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.